Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. All right, everybody, let's, uh, let's go ahead and grab a seat and get started. Right on time with the bell, man. That never happens. Okay. Um, good morning. It is a, uh, it's a pleasure uh, to, to be with you. Uh, pleasure to assemble to worship this morning and uh, continue our study following that worship. Uh, for those of you that are joining the class this morning, I know our, our home builders class, I think, was, was, uh, was joining us. Um, we've been discussing... Uh, developing a biblical worldview, what that, what that means uh, for our reverence of the scriptures, what that means in um, our just, we, you know, we spent several weeks kind of building that foundation of what the worldview looks like, and now we are working to apply that biblical worldview to various, various things. Um, our um, main idea, if you will, is that every spiritual question should be met and answered with a scriptural answer. That is our, that is our goal. Um, and holding to uh, the scriptures as our authority in everything that we, everything that we do. And so, like I said, we've spent several weeks uh, building that up and now looking at, looking at various ideas, various topics that we, that we come in contact with. And we use the word filtering a lot. Filtering everything that comes at us through the scriptures, um, but also everything that is expressed by us being filtered through the scriptures as well, being, being governed by the scriptures, so that nothing in our lives is unbound to the scriptures. Nothing in our lives is, is ungoverned or untouched by the scriptures. So, um, and we're going to continue. We're going to continue that discussion today, and uh, talking about you know what what goes in is is going to come out, and how we how we filter how we filter pop culture, you know through a uh, through a biblical through a biblical worldview. Um, and before before we get into that, let's let's ask a uh, you know a, a more foundational question, and just ask ourselves what it is that God desires from us. Right? What is what is God's will for us? And and your mind can, I'm sure, go to several several different places. Hopefully, hopefully, again, um, your mind is going to several different scriptures because that is obviously a question of spiritual import. Right? When you ask, well, what does what does God desire of us? Um, well, we can we can track through we can track track through a few verses. Um, like Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. Uh, you shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Also Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Or 1 Peter 1, 
14 through 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as, ye, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Or 2 Timothy 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself what is, from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1-7. through 7. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord, sorry, through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And one more, Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, again, when we ask, what does God desire of us? Right, we could ask, well, what, what do I need to be doing? What kind of person kind of person does God desire and expect me to be? Well, I mean, we look at all of these things. Obviously, God desires to be different. He desires for us to be holy. He desires us to be a living sacrifice, to be transformed, cleansed, sanctified, honorable, just, pure, right? All of these things, right? And in our, in our goal to do that, we have to ask ourselves questions about Everything that we come in contact with, there are questions that, that have to be that have to be answered. Okay, but I want to I want to key in on one word, and that is discernment. Okay, discernment. Now, just reminding everyone that this is a, a Bible class, and I know the auditorium you know doesn't necessarily lend itself to a class discussion, but I'm going to ask this question anyway for your response. Okay, when you think of the word discernment. Right? Now, students, don't get distracted by the next slide. I, I know, I know. Okay. Right? When you think of the word discernment, what, is that, what does that mean? What is, what is discernment? Yes, Gary. Okay, applying a practical wisdom. Okay, Parker. Right, knowing what's right, ooh, what's right from wrong. Sorry, Elmer Fudd came out a little bit right there. Okay, Tom. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if I if I heard you correctly, choosing choosing one side, right, like all that. So, yeah, applying wisdom, knowing right from wrong, choosing. So, basically, the idea is we are taking in the data. And we are sorting through that data based on some set of rules, sometimes some set of morals, uh, a certain code of ethics, you know, all of those things. And it basically comes down to, to choosing, right? And spiritual discernment, you know, we can think of as, again, what we are, what we are trying to do with the biblical worldview. What are we allowing? We have to be discerning about what we allow in. What's the good 
that we allow in, what's the bad that we keep from allowing in, and again, discerning about what's the best thing to say in this situation, right? Discerning about what is the, what is the best course of action, right? Um, and so, and, and, and again, when we, when we talk about, when we talk about the influence, we talk about the influence of pop culture, and whether that be, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of times, largely, we're, we, we tend to refer to, um, we tend to refer to entertainment choices, right? And that's certainly, that's certainly what we're going to spend some time talking about this morning. But, you know, again, we talked, well, let's say last week, it was actually two weeks ago. We talked two weeks ago about the, the flawed thinking of having different sets of rules for different situations, right? Where over here, over here, I can do this, and it's okay. But over here, I can do this, and it's not okay. And of course, there, there, are, those, there are those times, there are those times where it is perfectly appropriate to have certain sets of rules for different situations, right? Um, you know, I think about, um, you know, I think about where, you know, we, school has already started. Um, you think about what, um, Think about what a what a regular what a regular classroom teacher wears in the classroom. Okay, business casual, something like that. Well, I had to ask years ago my principal to make sure he was okay with we with me wearing shorts and t-shirts to school. Right now, why would I ask to wear shorts and t-shirts to school? Well, it's because I'm outside for three of the four blocks a day, and it's ninety-five thousand degrees at eight thirty in the morning. Right. So wearing slacks and a button-down and a tie would be inappropriate on the band practice field, thankfully, <laughs> right? So, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. The different, the different rules and different... That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about consistently applying a biblical worldview to everything, right? And in terms of, in terms of pop culture... Whether just the things that we enjoy that are that are out there, right? Entertainment choices, okay? Movies, TV shows, music, all of those things. But also the things that we involve ourselves in for our recreation, for our enjoyment, all of those things. And it's and our goal is again to be consistent, right? Because remembering who we are expected to be. What does God desire from us, right? And that is to be a vessel useful, right? All right? We need to be useful to God. There's a reason, there's a reason that Jesus called out the lukewarmness of the Laodiceans, right? There's a reason for that. We need to be passionately different for the sake of of the Lord. Not so that we can stand over here and say, look at me, I'm so much better than you are, but so that when people see us, what will they see? Christ. Right? That that is that is our that is our goal. Okay? So let's get to let's get to some questions. That I hope that I hope as we as we work through these, the the intent is to empower us or to give us some, some, some tangible things that we can do and that we can consider to be discerning with our involvement in, in pop culture. Okay? Now, the first question I want, you to, I want you to ask yourself anytime, anytime we are choosing to involve ourselves in something, entertainment, recreation, whatever it is, okay? the first question, is this offensive to God? 
Right? Ephesians 4, 29, verse 30. I'm sorry, 4, verses 29 through 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay? Now, this corrupting talk coming out of our mouth. And I know there's, um, there, there's, already, there's already the thought, and there's already, hopefully... There's already the argument. Not that, not that any one of us would make this argument, but the argument exists out there. Okay, well, you're talking about, you're talking about words that, that come out of our mouths, not words that we hear. Okay, hang on to that. We're, we're, we're going to address that. But let's remember Isaiah 59 verse 2, our iniquities. Okay, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Let us not do anything that would involve ourselves in enabling the separation between us and God. Right? So we have to consider, we have to consider, is what I am involving myself in, is what I am being entertained by offensive to God? Right? Next question. Could I still be considered blameless? Right? Could I still be considered blameless? So let's break down, let's break down the idea of being blameless. When you think of the word blameless, right? We talked about discernment earlier. When you think of the word blameless, what comes to mind? Come on, y'all killing me this morning. Okay. Yep. Without flaws. Okay. Yeah, something that can't be held against us. Sorry? Qualifications of elders. Okay. So why... Tell me, let's, 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 let's put some meat on the bones between the qualifications of elders and the idea of being blameless. Okay? Why should an elder be blameless? Or, more importantly, how? How can an elder be blameless? Because it's not only a qualification for the elders, right? That is an expectation of us as well, that we are to be blameless. I can't live comfortably in sin, Glenn said. Okay? What else? Now, let's establish this. Does it mean that we have to be perfect? Hope not. <laughs> Hope not, right? Because that ship has sailed, right? That, that, that ship has sailed. So what does it mean to be blameless? I can't live comfortably in sin. I like what Nathan said about nothing, you know, nothing sticks, right? What kind of reputation, what kind of reputation do I have as a Christian Right? And am I living comfortably in sin or am I known, am I, and especially am I known to be associated with, with a particular sin or a particular sinful activity? Okay? So the idea of, of being blameless is does your reputation, does your reputation represent a Christian? Right? A Christian living faithfully, striving to exemplify the Lord in all that he or she does. Right? So Deuteronomy 18.13, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Psalm 19.13, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. What is a presumptuous sin? If it's something that we want to keep away from, and it's something that we are asking the Lord to help us keep away from, what is, what is that? Like, man, are we, like, I know y'all are thinking, like, will you stop it with the word nerd stuff? I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay? 
Presumptuous is on purpose, right? Root word being presume. I presume, well, I can do this. This is okay, right? I guess, well, this is, this is fine, is it? Okay. Again, presumptuous and discernment are not actually opposites, but they are not on the same end, right? They are farther apart than they are closer together. If we're going to be discerning about what is acceptable to the Lord, then we should never just presume, oh, this is, this is fine. Okay? Again, without discerning what the scriptures actually say. Right? Philippians 1, 9 through 10, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. There's that word again. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. That is the, the, the ESV rendering there. Okay? So we are expected to be blameless. First Timothy 3 and verse 2, as was mentioned, a bishop must then be blameless. The husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. Okay, and those qualifications continue um, throughout the, the next several throughout the next several verses. So, a question: You know, what what would this do to my reputation? Right, and and again, there is a sense that a Christian should not worry about their reputation, but there's also a sense where a Christian should worry about their reputation. In other words, we're not going to worry so much about what the world thinks when we're striving to be faithful to God in everything that we do. Right? Okay? In that sense, the, my, the concern over my reputation is not of any importance. However, however, we are expected to be blameless. Right? So what do people know about us in the way we talk? the way we act, the things that we involve ourselves in, and things like that, right? So I think we do think there is a, uh, there is a sense where we need to consider, well, how would this look, right? And maybe that's another way of saying, well, could I, be, could I still be considered blameless? Just asking, well, how, how would this look? Does this, does this jive? Does this harmonize, okay? Does this work in parallel with my confession to be a Christ follower, Right? Does this harmonize with my profession? Not, not my, I don't mean my job, but my professing that Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, am I doing everything I can to be as consistent as possible? Right? And again, from a verse that we read earlier, does it align with Romans 12 too? Speaking of, speaking of being, you know, as best I can to be consistent and not of the world, Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, sacrifice, right? All of the sacrifices in the Old Testament were what? Well, eventually they were all dead, right? Because <laughs> that was the point, right? That was the point. That was, a, that was a complete giving over, right? We are called to be a living sacrifice, okay? So we are a constant. We should be and we should see ourselves as a constant sacrifice to the Lord, Right? Okay, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If I do this, if I involve myself in this, if I, if I go to this, if I see this, if I watch this, if I listen to this, if I, whatever, whatever that looks like at that particular time, is this going to, one, draw me closer to God, or is it going to draw me farther away from God, is it going to make me look more like Jesus, or is it going to make me look more like the world, right? 
And again, if we're trying to be discerning, if we're trying to make sure that everything in our lives is governed by the scriptures, these are questions that we need to ask. And, you know, and sometimes, sometimes there are um, areas which might be left up to personal judgment, right? There are things that, uh, that might be left in the realm of, of personal scruples. But let's be very, very, very careful with whatever we put in that realm, okay? Let's be very, very careful with the statement that says, well, you know, it's just up to somebody's personal judgment, okay? There, again, I think there are times where that is true, but we shouldn't be so quick to put everything in the realm of personal judgment if, and especially when, the Scriptures teach how we are to live and what our... Uh, what our expectations are, what God's expectations are for us, right? Okay, so another one, does it align with Philippians 4.8, right? Does it align with Philippians 4.8? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, Okay. What are we, what is, what are we allowing to be part of our diet in this kind of thing? Okay. What are we, what are we letting in? Right. What are we letting in? Now, I, if I had to guess, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't assume to know every person's history in this room. Okay. But I know myself and I know people and I know humans and I will just say that for myself, for myself, there are things in my head that I wish I had never seen and I wish that I had never heard and are there because I put them there. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about accidentally seeing something, right? I'm not talking about accidentally hearing something from a coworker down the hall, right? If I had to guess, we all have, we all have stuff in our head that we wish wasn't there, right? So what are we, we cannot deny, we cannot deny that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Right? So if we don't want those things there, then why are we so nonchalant about what we allow in? Because once they're in, they ain't coming out. And we're supposed to meditate and dwell and and think about these things, these kinds of things in Philippians 4.8. So what I'm about to let in, knowing good and well that it's not going to leave. I mean, I may, I may, for, oh yeah, I saw that movie 20 years ago or whatever. Like, I'm not, but there are things that we, again, you cannot unsee. You cannot unhear. So are we being careful? Are we being discerning? And are we asking ourselves, does it align with Philippians 4.8? If it's in, Okay? If it's in my mind, is it going to be something that could be found in a verse like this? Okay? So these questions, I hope, are, are, are giving us what I like to call tools in the toolbox. Right? Are, we, are we being discerning? Right? And you know, I mentioned a few minutes ago the argument, the argument that comes up you know, goes something like this, and I think, uh, yeah, I think I put it up there. Um, but the Bible says it's not what goes into a person that defiles, but what comes out. 
Just because I watch something doesn't mean I'm going to do the things that I watch. Or I may watch a movie with profanity, but I'm not going to use the profanity myself. Or just because I watch a movie or TV show that has something you know, sexually inappropriate, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to act that out. Like, we know what that argument, we know how that argument sounds. Well, I can involve myself. I can, I can take this in. I can consume this. But I can, I can make sure that it doesn't come out. Right? That's, I mean, that's, that's basically the argument. That it doesn't matter what I take in. The only thing that matters is what I come out. It's what comes out. Right? Alright, well, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Okay? Because I, I am hopefully, it is my prayer, humbly, to challenge that argument. And hopefully we can see how flawed it is. Okay? Matthew 15, beginning in verse 10. Do I have that up there? Awesome. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know what the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach as an eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, I'm sorry, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile to man. So did Jesus say that it's not what goes in, it's what comes out that defiles a man? Did he say that? Did he really say that? Well, yeah, he said that. I mean, we just, we just read it. I mean, that's like, I'm not trying to trick anybody. That's not a trick question, right? Right? He literally, he literally said that, right? Well, first of all, we have, to, we have to back up and say, well, he said that, but what, what is he talking about, right? So what is, what is the context of this response here, right? In other words, what came, what came before this? Sorry? Eating with unwashed hands, right? Okay. Basically, basically calling out the Pharisees for their legalism. And I know that's a, that's a, that's a, um, a very, very general paraphrase overview. Okay. But using, using this idea to call out the legalism of the Pharisees. So did Jesus actually say that it's what comes out, not that what goes in? Yes, but that is not the context of which we are talking about what goes in and what comes out. Okay, so let's continue. Look at Luke 6.45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. A couple of weeks ago, when we talked about how we express ourselves visually, we talked about what we wear, and we talked about, again, being consistent um, and doing everything we can to represent Christ in all things. And specifically, uh, we were talking about, again, how we dress and, and, and being consistent in that. And we talked about how we cannot help but communicate to others without words. Right? And I use the example that first time, the, the very first time you meet someone, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a school mindset right now, so school, you know, school has started. So students are in the class, and the teacher hasn't come in yet. Right? First day of class, you do not know this teacher. You've never seen this teacher. The teacher walks in, and you immediately start analyzing the data that comes at you. 
right? Based on no other information than how this particular teacher looks, right? We can't help that, right? So it's clear that we communicate visually without, you know, without words, okay? So also, also how we communicate, okay? If, if we were at a red light, Right? And let's say, you know, after Bible class, we all, we all depart to our respective locations, wherever that may be. And you pull up next to me at a, uh, at a red light. And your windows are down. And my windows are down, which we already know is false because it's a thousand degrees outside. So the AC is obviously on. Okay. Right. You pull up next to me and your windows are down and my windows are down. And you hear whatever music is playing is just blasting out with the most incredibly offensive lyrics you've ever heard. You don't hear it. Like, I'm not singing along, right? I'm just sitting there at the red light thinking how hot it is with the windows down. But am I communicating something to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we, we have to all admit that if the situations were reversed and it was you, like, I will admit to you that, that you are communicating to me. So where does that, where does that come from? Right? Well, what we let in, what we let in is going to come out. Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? And again, we express and we communicate in way more ways than just words. Right? So what we let in what we let in is going to come out. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit, about how it comes out. Okay? But Matthew 5, 28 says, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, some of you are thinking, man, that's a huge left turn. How did all of a sudden, all of a sudden we're talking about lusting and, and, and adultery and all that stuff? What's, what's the connection here? What's the connection between Luke 6, 45 and Matthew 5, 28? Sorry? The heart. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. There are multiple emotional and spiritual hurdles that have to be jumped before the first physical barrier gets broken down in an adulterous relationship. Why is that? Because it starts in the heart. So we have to be incredibly careful about what we allow into our hearts because it is going, it is going to come out. It is going to affect us in some way. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we allow in is going to come out. And God is going to test the heart. First Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Okay? Where is our heart on what we allow in? Where is our heart on what we allow ourselves to participate in in this? Right? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So does the scripture speak 
to things that we watch? Does the Scripture speak to things that we listen to? Does, does the Scripture speak to the activities that we involve ourselves in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there should be nothing untouched by the Scriptures, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Because, again, we have to be careful. What goes in, what goes in is going to come out. Okay? So, where, where do you, where do you draw the line? Okay? There are, again, you know, there, there are, there are times, there are times when personal judgments, personal scruples come into play, right? But I, I think it's, I think we have to be very, very careful, um, to relegate all of this. All of this. And let's be very, very clear. What we have to understand, and I know that this, this sounds so bonkers to us because we all have a favorite movie. We all have a favorite TV show. We all have a favorite kind of music. We probably all have a favorite artist that we enjoy listening to. We all have a favorite song. We all have a favorite fill-in-the-blank, right? All of those, all of those things are 100% optional. None of them, none of them are required for us in any way. And I know, like, like now you're just, now, all right, now, now you're, just, you're just talking crazy talk. Listen, I'm a musician, Right? I've been playing music since I was oh, yay high, right? Tuning my dad's guitar when I was five years old. That did not, that, I was not tuning it. Trust me, I was not. Thought I was, but I was not, okay? So, music has always been there. Always been there. I cannot remember a time where music was not in the house in some way, shape, or form. Huge movie fan. Y'all know I'm a huge Superman fan, okay? Comic books were a thing. Like, I, I, like, all of it, all of it, all of it. So when you talk about all of that, that we all have some, it's just a huge part of it. Like I said, we all have a favorite music, well, or a kind of music. We all have favorite movies, right? And some of, those, some of that music is tied to really, really strong memories. Some of those movies are tied to very, very strong, movie, or strong memories. We all have things that are steeped in tradition, Right? The movie, like Christmas movies that you that you sit down as a family and watch, you know, every every Christmas Eve. You know, we all have these things that are we are emotionally tied to. But shouldn't that give us pause when we realize that of how strong an influence those things can be? Shouldn't that give us pause and be even more discerning about what we allow ourselves to form emotional attachments to, knowing good and well about how strong those attachments can be? Right? Things that I listened to as a kid, and now that I, you know, you know, thank the Lord I'm a different person or trying to be a different person, and I listened to it and I was like, oh, I, I listened to that when I was 11 years old? What in the world? Right? But nostalgia, nostalgia is a very, very powerful thing. Right? So again, we recognize the emotional attachment that we have to these things, and in a sense, that should kind of scare us when we are considering what's coming in, right? What we are allowing in and what we are allowing ourselves to participate in that again is 100% optional, right? Do we have to watch those movies at Christmas? 
Well, no. I mean, it's just, it's just tradition. Do I, have to, do I have to listen to music at all? Well, no. It's, it's optional, right? There is, no, there is no requirement. There's no requirement for me to have a favorite kind of music. There's no requirement. You know, all of these things. And you get the, you get the point, hopefully. Okay? But are we prioritizing what God wants us to be? Right? Again, so, so where do you draw the line? Um, when, we talk about, when we talk about the filter, okay, um, and we talk, about, we talk about tools in the toolbox, um, one, of my, one of my favorite passages that, that challenges and helps to serve as, I think, a, a, a filter, okay? Um, yeah, so, 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 let's, so let's go here first, right? So what goes in is going to come out. We talked about, we talked about it. It's, go, it's going to come out. In, in one way, in one way, shape, or another. Okay. Sometimes it might come out in our actions, right? Just how we, you know, you know what, what what we do, uh, our words. But but again, you know, the, going back to that that flawed argument. Well, well, I can watch all this. I can participate all, in all this. That doesn't mean I'm going to go do it. Well, does it affect your attitude about that? Does it affect your sympathy towards a certain thing? Does it affect your tolerance towards something? Okay? Let's not fool ourselves into thinking that, that there is no agenda in entertainment choices. Right? And especially now, we think, we think that that's only a current thing. And it's not. It's always, there's always been, you know, because artistic expression has always had some form of, I want to get this message across to a particular, a particular audience. Right? And a lot of times, a lot of times, these methods, right, and especially in the entertainment industry specifically, are being used to communicate a specific agenda, right? And when you look, for example, and this is just this is just one example, but it's probably the most uh, the most current and the most obvious is how the entertainment industry is molding and shaping the attitudes towards homosexuality and transgenderism in the minds of our young people, right? That cannot, that cannot be ignored. And, you, and, and we also cannot say that, it, that it's not happening, okay? So we have to be careful. Again, what we are allowing our emotional attachments to, what we are allowing to entertain us, because that's all we're talking about. We're talking about, we're talking about entertainment, Okay? And it's great. I'm not saying, inter- you know, like just the idea of entertainment is not bad in and of itself. We all have things that we like to do. We all have things that we like to enjoy and things like that. But again, are we honest with ourselves and filtering those things appropriately? Right. So let's go to Psalm 101. Right. Do I have that? Do I have that slide up there? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Psalm 101. This is probably my, my, my favorite, my favorite passage when we talk about when we talk about this. Okay, Psalm 101, beginning in verse 1. I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. And I think I have some key words here. Okay, again, so there's our word blameless, right? And obviously the, the emphasis, the underlining is, is, is mine. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity. Now, let's stop right there. And integrity is one of those things. You know, C.S. Lewis popularly defined integrity as what? Anybody know? Integrity. Nobody. Nobody. Did I did I did I did I mess you up with C.S. Lewis? Okay. If you didn't know it was C.S. Lewis, you've probably heard the definition. Okay. Doing the right thing when no one's looking. 
That, does that sound familiar? Okay. That's typically attributed to, to C.S. Lewis. And with all due respect to C.S. Lewis, I completely agree, but I, I don't think that goes far enough. Right? Um, I'm going to step out of my expertise and I'm going to talk about engineering for a second. Right? And all the people in like, that guy. Right? Just go with me. Right? When you think about structural integrity, Okay, the structural integrity of a bridge or any 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 structure. But let's use a let's use a bridge for example. You think about structural integrity, right? How many places in that structure could be deemed a weak point before you are willing to say, "Well, that bridge just does not have structural integrity." There's it's not many, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk across that bridge knowing that it has a weak point, okay? A dangerous weak point, right? So what I mean by that is integrity. Yes, is doing the right thing when no one's looking, but it also has to include on a consistent basis, right? It's about consistently doing the right thing, and of course, again, we're gonna mess up, right? We're going to we're going to make mistakes, but hopefully, in our efforts to be blameless. And in our efforts to have integrity, we're going to make those right. And we're going to strive to make sure that we are, again, consistently living the scriptures to the very best of our ability. Because it's not enough to do the right thing when no one's looking one time. right? If I, if I do one right thing, I doubt, that we would, I doubt that we would assign that integrity. right? But someone that strives to do the right thing every time. Right? Someone that can be counted on to be trusted because you know that they're going to do everything they can to do the right thing every time. Then, then we might describe that person as having integrity. Right? So back to the scriptures. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. You know, it's interesting. Again, we're talking about, we're talking about the heart. Right? We're not talking about what people on the outside see. Right? Because we're talking about being viewed by God as having integrity, who, we've already talked about, discerns and tests the heart. Right? And it's interesting here, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. In other words, when it's just me, there's nobody else, it's not talking about I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk with integrity in the public square, right? I'm not going to walk with integrity at the gates of the temple, which obviously, yes, I'm going to, but not just there. I'm going to walk with integrity in my heart, in my house, within my house. Okay? And here's our filter. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Right? How are we doing on that? Are we filtering everything that comes at us through a scripture like Psalms like Psalm 101? Okay? I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. It's challenging. It's hard because it's so, it's so counterculture. Well, I mean, do I just, do I need to, do I need to throw my TV away? Well, I mean, if it's causing you to stumble, yeah. Right? And that's, that sounds extreme and that sounds zealotrous. Right? That's not a word, but I just made it up. So now it is. Okay, but how much do we care about being pleasing to God? You know, we've talked uh, uh, one of one of our kind of recurring themes is 
are we really, really striving to take the idea of holiness seriously? And again, I've said that we would do, we would all do well. We would all do well to spend more time contemplating what it actually means to be holy, right? And Colossians 3.16, it's one of our, one of our go-tos, right? And I don't use that, I don't, I don't mean that, you know, in a, uh, in a disrespectful way. But when you think of Colossians 3.16, you probably also immediately think of Ephesians 5.19, because those are the passages that we look to that authorize congregational, congregational acapella singing, right? But don't, don't fly through Colossians 3.16 and miss how that verse starts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, right? If we're doing that, okay, if we're, if we're living the, to the very best of our ability, if we're living to be people of the word, because remember, remember, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we're going to call ourselves Christ followers, then we're calling ourselves word followers because Christ is the word. There is no separation between those two things, right? Are we people of the word? Is it dwelling in us richly? Are we meditating on it? Like Philippians 4 and verse 8 talks about, okay? And, and just real quick, because I know the, I know the second bell is going to catch us. I, I know that this seems, um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, uh, kind of extreme sometimes, right? But, we have, as a, as, a, as, a, as a people, I'm not talking about people in this room, just talking about people in general, it's almost like we view these things as a, as a given. Right? When was the last time somebody asked you, well, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't seen it. What? You, you, haven't, you, haven't seen, you haven't seen that movie? What? And they look at you like you got three eyeballs. Right? Because to them, to them, the idea that you would not... You know, go see a particular movie, you know, in the, in the, or, you know, or whatever. It's just like, I can't. Oh man, the movie's, the movie's great. But well, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. Right? And again, I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that to be judgmental. I don't say that to step on anybody's toes. I don't know where anybody's toes are to step on them anyway. Right? Okay? Just trying to challenge us, all of us, myself included, right? To be, as consistent as we can in living out the scriptures. Okay? And there are tools, there are tools available that will, especially in, in terms of, in terms of entertainment choices and things like that, there are, there are websites out there that will give you, that will give you the content warnings, that will break it down for you. There are filtering tools to help you be more discerning, right? And to help protect you and your family from something that you might not want to get in, right? So, you know, if, there's tool, if there are tools out there, then by all means, let's use them. Let's not use them as an excuse to do whatever we want to. Because whatever man-made tools exist, they're not going to trump the tool of the Scriptures. Right? So are we filtering first, are we filtering everything that comes at us through the Scriptures? And are we filtering everything that leaves us from the Scriptures as well? So um, I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the class. We're going to go ahead we're going to go ahead and stop there because I know that second bell is going to catch us. Really looking forward to the uh, to the rest of our uh, to the rest of our time, Lord willing. And uh, thank you guys for the for the discussion and the encouragement. You're dismissed. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, fifteen nineteen Old Monrovia Road, Northwest Huntsville, Alabama three five eight zero six. Or if you prefer. 
Send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.